Anyway, um, I think some of you are probably wondering who this little old guy is up here. And uh, so a little of a bio would be uh, useful, I think. Um, I was a school teacher in my former life and uh, teaching most of my career in uh, southern Alberta. I was born and raised there. But I did teach for 13 years in the state of Indiana. Uh, that's where my wife came from, Nancy. I retired from teaching and moved out to Caslow in the year 2000. And we attended the Caslow Community Church. But in the year 2010 to 2012, there was a disastrous leadership problem. And Nancy and I were forced to leave. So, here we are. And very happy to be here in this church uh, so wonderful and healthy a church. Now it is obvious that I am not Jason. Uh, I'm not six feet tall. I do not have a big black beard. I do not have those huge biceps. I just hope I can fill in for Jason. I hope this is not like the uh, church situation where this woman attended. Her name was Gladys Dunn. Uh, Gladys Dunn went to church on a Sunday morning and uh, Unfortunately, the preacher was very long-winded. He went on and on. And uh, several of the people in the congregation fell asleep. And so at the end of the sermon, uh, Gladys wanting to cheer things up and, and uh, kind of be positive toward it, she went and uh, talked to this one guy who had fallen asleep. And she said in a very cheery voice, Hi, I'm Gladys Dunn. And the man said, well, yeah, I'm glad he's done, too. <laughs> Jesus asked, uh, Jason asked me to speak on the subject of discipleship. So, uh, first of all, what is discipleship? The term originally meant a learner. Uh, I went to the University of Alberta and sat under a professor by the name of Dr. Brian Hawking. Uh, Dr. Hawking was uh, an expert in entomology. Uh, he was a genius. He knew all about insects. It was incredible. And so for that year that I sat under him, I tried to take it all in, and you could say that I was his disciple. Um, his teachings were indeed uh, my teachings, my, the way to learn. When Jesus had his disciples, they too were learners. When he first called them, he said, come and follow me. Quite often Christians are referred to as Christ followers. So hold on to this thought. First, we learn about Jesus and then we follow him. I would like us to first look at the cost of discipleship. And this is on that uh, little insert on the back side of it, uh, taken from John chapter, Luke rather, 14, Luke 14. <coughs> Let's read some of this. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now, that's a, that's a pretty high standard, and I need to clarify that. 
When I first started looking at some of these scriptures and some of the commentaries, um, I found them to be pretty harsh. And I thought, wait a minute. Jesus wants us to be his disciples. He is not going to uh, cast things so high that uh, we cannot be his disciples. What we have to understand is that the word hate here uh, is not the same as we use in today's culture. Back in those days, in the Jewish culture of, of Jesus' time, um, uh, it was a contrast. And uh, let me just use the illustration of uh, ice cream. Let's just suppose you really like vanilla ice cream. You really like vanilla and you don't like chocolate. Now, I, I have a hard time imagining that, but well, some people do. They, they really like vanilla and they don't like chocolate. Now, in those days, they would say, um, I love vanilla and I hate chocolate. That's what they would say. I hate chocolate, even though they probably didn't really hate it. But by, by contrast, it shows that they really like or prefer uh, vanilla. Um, so what he's saying is that in order to be your, my disciple, you have to make me number one. I have to be number one. Everything else is secondary. There's two other illustrations in the scripture. It goes on in verse 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are, are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you and saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or another illustration, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Two illustrations to show that there is a cost. When we were in uh, Jamaica this winter, we, we spent uh, a day uh, kind of touring the, the uh, north coast. Our host uh, took us in his car and uh, we went to a place where there were a lot of new homes built and being built. And uh, you have to understand that uh, houses there are made of cinder block. Um, and uh, so it, that's, that's uh, the main structure. The cinder block wasn't that expensive. And labor is very inexpensive. Uh, laborers, workers, skilled people there learn, earn about 15 to $20 a day. So you can understand that uh, in, in, without too much expense, you could put up the framework uh, of a house. There are a lot of really beautiful homes there, but there were quite a few that were big, but not complete. They were there with just the walls, maybe the starting of a roof, but that was it. And it is said that quite a few of those people were drug dealers. That is, they had made good money and they put, put it into building this house and then somewhere along the way they were busted. They got caught. So now they were in jail and now their house is sitting out there not completed. This is the same kind of thing that this illustration shows. The prospect of being a disciple needs to be considered. This isn't just some theoretical abstract. This is a hard reality. 
You may have to sacrifice. You may have to go out of your way. Sometimes it's simply not easy. There is a cost. So let's go on. And uh, I've got this uh, little insert in your bulletin on the front side, the cost of discipleship and the marks of discipleship. And uh, this is where the school teacher in me comes out, I guess. Uh, I've got some little filling in the blanks to do. Uh, I like that. I don't know why. Uh, It seems to me that uh, people learn by writing things down sometimes. We don't all learn that way, but some of us do. Um, In our text, it is saying that we must prefer Jesus over family and all else. He must be our top priority. We must put Jesus first. And so, the first mark there, I would suggest you need to put down, put Jesus first. That's number one, to be a disciple. The second mark of disciple is found in John 8.31. Let me read that. If you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Now, let me return to that earlier thought. First, we learn about Jesus, and then we follow his teachings. And it says that. If you hold to my teachings, then you are my disciples. The writer in the book of James says something similar. He says that faith without action is dead. It's useless. Knowing what to do and not doing it is useless. Perhaps this is the salt that has lost its saltiness. It becomes useless. You might just as well throw it on a manure pile, as the scripture says. Um, the Gallup poll recently showed that most people who profess to the Christian faith don't know basic teachings and don't act differently because of what they believe. George Barna found that almost half, that is 40%, I appreciate some of Rudy's statistics this morning, Almost half of evangelical Christians read the Bible only once a week or less. Now, how are you going to learn at that rate? And what are the ways that we can, that we can be learners? Well, there's quite a few. My wife and I uh, subscribe, or I shouldn't say subscribe, we use the little, little uh, daily devotional book, Our Daily Bread, which is available out here every month. Um, Excellent little book. There are others similar to that. Uh, it has a scripture. It has a illustration. Usually has a prayer. It has a thought. Uh, small groups are an excellent way to learn the scriptures. Here you gather with other people, and some people learn really well that way to be able to relate to other people while they're learning. Uh, radio and TV, of course, has a lot on it that uh, that promote the scriptures. Um, and there's some good stuff there, but you have to be somewhat discriminatory as to what you watch. You'll learn which is the really good stuff and what's not so good stuff. And of course, the message on Sunday morning is a way to learn what Jesus would have you learn. The next one, oh, so what, what do we say in number two here? Be a what? A learner. A learner, yeah. Number three is real easy. And it comes from John 15:8. It says this, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Okay? Get that. 
if you bear much fruit, you will show that you are my disciples. Um, so I've got it there instead of the word bear, I've got produce. Produce what? Much fruit. Bear, produce, much fruit. Finally, we need one another. Paul was really feeling beat as he describes in 2 Corinthians 7. Um, he was physically drained. Uh, he was emotionally drained. He was really down. But he says that Titus came and gave him great comfort. God, the, great of, the, the God of all comfort, uses other people to give us comfort when we need it. And we can be used to give comfort to others. We are brothers and sisters in God's family. Here in this church we are. That's one of the things I really appreciated about the church we were in, in Ocherius and Jamaica, the Church of Christ. They, uh, they had a real good feeling of uh, family. They called one another brothers and sisters. Uh, we had uh, Brother Mullings and, and Brother Stevens and uh, Sister Pansy, uh, Sister G. Um, I remember when, when a young fellow, 19 years old, was uh, saved and became baptized. Um, the day he was baptized, they started calling him Brother, Brother Daniel. And I thought that was neat. Uh, certainly he felt part of the family. This is the one many things I love about this church. I can truly relate to you as loving brothers and sisters who support one another and who care for one another. Um, here's a little aside, but it has to do with the church. You know, in scriptures, in New Testament scriptures, it refers to the church as the bride of Christ. It paints a beautiful picture of Christ being the bridegroom and the church being the bride, uh, making herself ready for his return, the bride of Christ. Now, those people who don't attend church, who who may attend for a while and then some, find something wrong, some fault. Um, this is what they're saying, really. They're probably willing to say, I love you, Jesus, but I can't stand your wife. Think about that. I love you, Jesus, but I can't stand your wife. I'm not going to go there. No, that's entirely wrong. Um, if you love Jesus, you love his wife. You love the church. In uh, 1947, uh, Jackie Robinson was recruited to play uh, in the ma Major Baseball League. Now, he was the first black. Lots of blacks had been playing, but not in the Major Baseball League. In one of his first games of the season, he made an error which allowed a run to score. Now, most of the fans and the players, they didn't want black players in there anyway. And so this was just all the more reason to heckle and to make things tough for him. Um, a white player who was an all-star, Pee Wee Reese, came over at that time and put his hand on Jackie Robinson's shoulder. And Pee Wee said, I will not let this man stand alone. And he stood there and he talked to him. And Jackie Robinson later said, in that moment, he saved my career. That is the mark of a friend, a true friend. A friend is a person who comes in when the rest of the world goes out. That's friendship. And that's what we need in the church. People who will support, 
when you really need it. John 15, verses 34 and 35. This is a wonderful scripture I'm sure that you've heard before. It says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. But then it says this, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It can't be much clearer than that. And so the last uh, item, the last mark of a discipleship is to love one another. That involves a lot of things. The Love to me is the theme of the New Testament. It's the theme of Christianity. Love involves forgiveness, compassion, sacrifice, humility, putting others first. Sometimes that's not easy. But uh, to me, it's very, very important. A mark of discipleship. I was hoping that we could sing as a last uh, hymn, uh, a grand old hymn. Um, and I was, I was actually thinking of singing it, but I've got a throat problem this morning. I think I'd better not try that. But let me read just the one verse. This hymn is called, I'll Put Jesus First in My Life. It says, the world all about me has now no allure. Its pleasures bring pain. Its wisdom is vain. I seek a foundation that's steadfast and sure. I'll put Jesus first in my life. In all that I say, in all that I do, throughout the world of toil and strife, by day and by night, I'll trust in his might. I'll put Jesus first in my life. That is being a disciple. Now this is the part of the, uh, the, the service this morning when Jason always offers uh, some input. And I think I would be remiss not to do that as well. To not do that would say, oh yeah, well I've said it all, there's nothing else to say. Uh, you folks don't know anything. I know everything. No, no, that's not the case at all. In fact, it's probably the other way around. I don't know very much. Um, but, I, but I think it's a good opportunity. And, and I, I admire Jason. Of all the preachers I've sat on in my life, um, I've never seen one to do such a great job of that. To engage the congregation. To allow them to speak. To, uh, to say what's on their heart. And so if, if you can relate to any one of these uh, of things, uh, marks of discipleship, I would welcome your comments. Maybe you have some experience to share that uh, could uh, help others in this regard.